This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. It's a great day for a podcast. Once again, here he is. John Oakley. Nicholas Olenek, uh, he's in Virginia, and he's got a, a personal support animal, an emotional support animal named Nimbus. Let's find out about it and what prompted all of this, because it also led to his running for office. Nicholas, good to have you with us here on The Oakley Show. How are you? I'm well, well, I'm well. It's a great day for talk radio, by the way. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> There's my emotional support right there. Hey, listen, I mean, I'm really curious how this story, uh, you know, it plays out. Uh, What made you turn to an animal for emotional support originally? Well, I was looking for some help to get out of my first depression ever um, from after the loss of my brother and my father. And every therapist and doctor I talked to just kept wanting to give me drugs. And I didn't want any drugs for it. And I went ahead and did my own research and found out about emotional support animals and all the different types that you could have. And I ended up falling in love with an emu. Really? Why did you, I mean, apart from falling in love uh, in in your research, (laughs) why, why did you consider that the emu would be an appropriate emotional support animal for you? Well, through the research, I came across that a lot of different poultry style animals, um, especially the ones that mate for life, choose a, a partner for life. They, they are some of the most empathetic animals ever. They, they have more empathy than even humans, and they can tell what emotions you're experiencing and when you need a little bit extra care, and they are just lovable creatures that everybody overlooks. I understand this was also prescribed to you by a local psychotherapist, was it not? Yes, it was. Um, that's to be to the letter of the law. Um, in the United States, you all you need to qualify for an emotional support animal is a therapist or a psychotherapist to write you a prescription. So he wrote up a script for an emu. Uh, All right. But this was not a full grown emu. You had to raise this emu yourself. Yes, sir. I got it about, uh, it was hatched while I was on vacation for Christmas and the person took care of it until I got back. And then once I got back, I got a little like one pound baby bird who grew up to be six foot tall. (laughs) And over what (laughs) time? Over what time span did it grow from chick to six feet tall? Well, by the time it was three months old, it was a good four feet tall. Wow. Wow. Yeah, uh, they grow pretty fast if you feed them. They grow really fast on love and food. Uh, on love and food. All right. And so you keep it in the house or out in the yard? How do you do that? Um, yeah, it was, we treated it just like it was one of our dogs. Um, it lived inside with us. Um, it first started off living in my master bedroom at night and just a regular pack and play, little kids pack and play, you put a baby in um, just to keep it clean. That way I didn't wake up and step on it or anything. And then it just live and run around the house like any other animal would. Use the doggy door, came in and out whenever it wanted, along with my boxer. Well, yeah, you've got a boxer. You've also got other pets, do you not? Oh, yeah. Um, well, the boxer's mine. I got my dad, after he passed, we inherited his golden retriever, who needs its own emotional support animal. <laughs> then we got, we've got two cats that are my daughters, and um, to give the emu, Nimbus, something to play with, we got turkeys, chickens, and ducks. Oh, Lord. 
it's a whole menagerie. So the emu's right at home, uh, in-house or in yeah. the yard. But, you know, this wasn't without its challenges. As I understand, some neighbors complained, and there were even official complaints. Uh, I guess it's with the American Emu Association, weren't there? Yeah, but they kill 100, 100 animals a day for the Emu Association. They don't want anyone to think that they are personal and pets because they harvest them for their meat and fibers. Um, me personally, I got yelled at by a neighbor who just has always hated me. You know, you know, those neighbors, uh-huh. you know, the only good neighbors are good fences. Um, <laughs> so they called the cops on me and they came out and arrested me for owning a bird. <laughs> okay. I know it's funny, right? <laughs> well, kind of sort of, but I mean, it's got serious implications and it obviously, uh, spawned into a more serious fighter challenge for you, didn't it? Yeah, I asked when I got in trouble for it and they charged me for it. I asked every one of my local politicians for help and they laughed at me. Hmm. So I decided to go above their heads and run for office and just rain hellfire down on them from above. (laughs) (laughs) What level of office did you aspire to? Well, my biggest gripe was with all the city officials of my city I lived in. So I went for entry level state office, Hmm. state delegate hoping to overturn the strictures on keeping an emu as an emotional support animal. Well, I really don't even have to overturn anything at the state level. The state says it's okay. It was my city that had a law against it, and the city is not allowed to go against the state's law. So I just have to go up there and, and prove to them that they need to fall in line with the state's orders. Well, did you? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm still running. No, I've won my case 100%. They are not allowed to come after me ever again. Um, I appealed their decision, took them to court for nine months. They wanted me to just get burnt out and and fall off like everybody else that's tried this. But I'm retired at 40. I don't got anything better to do but run for office (laughs) and fight my city back. I I beat a tyrannical government back by myself with just studying the law. I'm sorry, I understand reading comprehension and law better than our city lawyers. Right. You did a lot of research on that front with the emu originally. I mean, you're a veritable uh, academic here. But so the point is, you've still got Nimbus the emu, uh, I guess, in the house. Do you not? I mean, and do you go for walks and, you know, leisure activities and pursuits? No, uh, we used to. Unfortunately, during my court cases, the city made me get rid of her. So I had to take her to my best friend's ranch in Tennessee, where she made a, fell in love with another emu. And I told you they mate for life, so I can't take her away unless I take him with me. And I don't think the city is going to allow me to have two emus here right now. So I'm just going to wait for hatching season this December and go get another. Wow. That's her ranch in Tennessee. So I'm happy for both of them. Yeah. Well, I guess it's sort of a tearjerker the way you're describing it. I don't know if you've got movie rights that you can sell, but, uh, this is, (laughs) there is, there is a child's book coming out. Somebody in New York paid me for the rights to make a coloring book about this. Really? Wow. Yes. (laughs) Uh, You have no idea the, the amount of fame that all came from an emu, but it's not just the emu. It's the simple fact that I wasn't willing to just roll over for the government. I took a stand and I beat my entire city by myself. But you say all that, of my city's governments was up against me and I just stood firm. Well, we like that. We like, you know, these quixotic types of uh, crusades. You're tilting at windmills, but in this case you won. Uh, you sort of won, <laughs> but you lost your emu and uh, they find you in the end. It was a pittance more or less, wasn't it? 
Yeah, yeah. Um, like I said, the, my emu, my best friend animal, is with my best friend human, and whenever I go see one, I get to see them both, so I'm happy with that. And it gives me an excuse for my wife to go see my best friend 16 hours away all the time now. <laughs> all, right. all right, you're working all the angles on this. I love it. Uh, by yes, the way, uh, how, how long do emus typically live? All right, so in the wild, in Australia, emus are strictly roughly Australia. They can swim, so they go from Australia all the way up to almost the Philippines through Indonesia. In the wild, they live about five to seven years, but in captivity, they can live up to 35 years. So my logic of speaking is a dog normally lasts like 10, 13 years. Mm. An emu lasts 35 years. This is the last animal I'll need. <laughs> I'm 40 years old right now. This thing makes it 35. I'm going to be almost 80 by the time I'm done with this animal. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. It up. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I'm going to say if you're pushing 80 and uh, you're into politics, you might run for president of the United States of America. <laughs> anyway, what a great story. Uh, Nicholas Olenek. Man in Virginia who Thank battled you, to keep his emotional support, Emu Nimbus. All's well that ends well. I appreciate your time very much, Nicholas. And uh, next time you're down there in Tennessee, give Nimbus our best as well, will you? I will. I will. Thank you for the for the interview. You got it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's a fun one, right? You can't oh. argue with my story. It's amazing. I'm not it's here not to argue. I, <laughs> I wanted it's not to. Even your emotional support animal, but it's cheering you up. It is. You're my emotional support animal. Indirectly, oh, I, this I, emu I, has I, brought us together. It has. It has. It's, I love it. I love it. Well, it was a pleasure meeting you, sir. Like Likewise, Nicholas. Thank you for it. Uh, I don't know. What do we call that? Serendipity? I can't wait to look at that coloring book about uh, government, tyrannical government bureaucracy and emus. This is going to be a bestseller come Christmas it's for got all yeah. libertarian households. It's got all the components, doesn't it? Right. I just I just let everybody run with it. It's their, it's my story, but it's the world's story. If, yeah, but, I, if everybody just got an emu, the world would be a better place. Nicholas, we can run with it, but can you run with an emu? I, I can. I can. I actually used to leash train it and walk it around my neighborhood. I, I'd join up with all of the ladies walking their dogs around our streets in the neighborhood, and I'd walk out there. I can send you some um, videos of me actually leash walking it around town. Wow, you must have been a hit in the neighborhood. Uh, I, I, I went viral. In real life, I promise you. People knew me as the emu guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, except for the one neighbor who complained. Uh, we'll have to let yeah, you go. but like I said, we always got buttholes li- living next door to us sometimes. <laughs> right. we, we do indeed. Uh, thank you, <laughs> Nicholas Olenek. Uh, <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> the never-ending interview. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Listen to The John Oakley Show live each weekday afternoon from 3 until 6. If you live in the Toronto area, just turn that AM dial to 640 and listen anywhere on earth 24 hours a day by going to 640toronto.com. Follow on Twitter at AM640Oakley. You've been listening to A Curious Cast. New podcasts and shows are debuting all the time. So check back often to see what's new in the Curious Cast Library.